The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. And hello and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Newman, and I'm joined today with just Ben Haworth. He's not just. He's <laughs> not the ineffable. Just. He's the ineffable Ben Haworth. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm actually I worried. I don't know what ineffable means, but mm. Trevor calls me that sometimes, but he could totally be giving me shade. So any intentional, unintentional shade, I apologize for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, uh, I just had a... Uh, because I live in Los Angeles, uh, this is the most Los Angeles thing ever. I live next to this place that's an old school diner looking place, and you used to serve Southern soul food, Ooh. which is what you expect from like old school place. Then they closed, and they reopened as a paleo diet place. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> just hilarious. But so, of course, like before Christmas, I was off my diet, so I was like, ah, but now I'm on my diet, so I want to try it. And now I'm actually mad because it's actually pretty good, and I don't think the last because like why would you put a paleo diet place in an old school diner? <laughs> like that is so weird. Yeah, and I don't think it's gonna last, and it's gonna make me sad when I come back in like three months and it's closed. But oh well. does do you find that in LA there's like a high turnover of restaurants in terms of oh, like in and out? Yeah, yeah. it's like you way intense. Like yeah. like on average, like a, a place here in Durham will be open for like thirty years and then close. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 no one are... goes there for thirty years and then you're like, oh, it finally closed. No I was like, why did that happen? And it's like it's. Pro- <laughs> I, I, I it's it's I do find like we have we finally have like like real serious gentrification coming down to downtown Durham for better or worse if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. But we when we we've started having these restaurants and it's really funny to watch like these old like crusty like food critics in the like the Durham papers and stuff like not be able oh, to handle the oh. fact that things close so quickly <laughs> like the turnover was so fast. Everyone was yeah. excited about revolution and then it went away within like six months and everyone's like, what happened? Is the economy crashing? No, it's just it's just the pace it's of just, food. That's how food works. Yeah, no, it's that's the way it is in Houston. Yeah, you'll go and they'll be like, "Oh, they're all bankrupt, and everything they built was on lies." And you're like, "Oh, that's just the food business. That's how yeah. it is." You know? It's amazing. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Amazing. I, I, if you ever get a chance, there's a guy who owns um, like all the Dunkin' Donuts in Chicago that I talked to one time. Oh, <laughs> it was a really okay. weird conversation where he was like, I mean, he's like a millionaire, but he's like, yeah, I used to own Krispy Kremes and then I own Dunkin' Donuts and it's just, I shut them all down and fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> No, he was a he was a hilarious guy. I mean, it's actually probably not funny because there's like probably laid off workers, and it's actually probably like deeply horrifying. Like I, I'm laughing about it, but like he made it sound really funny, you know? Like, <laughs> like but now that I, I'm thinking about it, I'm actually really horrified by the implications, and I feel really bad because I'm on air and I'm thinking about what I'm saying. Wow. Okay, Hating well, the little man. Let's talk about another dying industry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's... Uh, a little bit true. <laughs> right. Yeah. Today we're going to be reviewing The Post. Catherine Graham is the f- first female publisher of a major American newspaper, The Washington Post. With help from editor Ben Bradley, Graham races to catch up with the New York Times to expose a massive cover-up of government secrets that spans three decades and four U.S. presidents. Together, they must overcome their differences as they risk their careers and very freedom to bring long-buried truths to light. Sorry, just... <laughs> you got you got more and more Lincoln-y as you went along. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like that's how this movie like was in a, in its inception. Um, I, I actually, yeah, we're gonna get to it, but it's uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. 20th Century Fox, uh, screenplay by Josh Singer and Elizabeth Hanna, and um, 
Yeah, it's a box office about three point eight million. Came out January. It, uh, it opened this weekend about twenty four. Right, uh, January twelfth just came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, I'm actually uh, I'm actually so goddamn Jumanji man is still number one. What is ah, the, the, the yeah. monster hit Jumanji? Jesus, <laughs> my favorite. Christ. My favorite thing is we we recorded our Jumanji post like two weeks ago, and like this is going to come out before it, even though it's getting like ah. Uh, it's okay. I, I will say, um, I, this is my question to you, because I've been trying to figure this out today, and I don't have a straight answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what part of this was started during Trump's presidency? And that's like an important question for me in terms of my oh, opinion I do have of the this answer movie. for this. Oh, I good, do have the answer good. for this. Um, so Steven Spielberg was uh, in the middle of post for Ready Player One, which is his other movie that comes out later this year. Uh, in a couple months, and you know, most of that movie's mocap, so just lots and lots and lots of post production. Right. Um, and he got a hold of this script written by uh, Elizabeth Hanna. <clears throat> she wrote a spec script about the Washington Post publishing the Pentagon Papers, and he was like, "Aha! This is so relevant." And the Trump and the and you got this in March, I think. This movie got turned around like crazy. That's why that, I know about it. That was that was why the thing is like I I did hear nothing about it. Like I know it. I yeah. know it. It didn't like exist as in production till like like November. It, it, <laughs> it shows just how powerful Steven Spielberg is that he's in the middle of post of another movie. He reads the script and he's like, "All right." Uh, get me the writer of Spotlight, and get me Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks and every great TV star in like working today. Like, right, right. get me Paulson, get me Odenkirk, you know, get me Carrie Coon. Like, he just got everybody on board of this movie. Shot it in like a month and a half, posted it, and finished it by the end of the year. It was just nuts. Uh, it's it's quite. <laughs> he posted it. <laughs> yeah! It's post post. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those movies that just it, it and that's why I think it makes it different than a lot of the Oscar contenders this year and why I thought it would be the number one choice but so far it's been kind of quiet because it's the only movie made during the Trump stuff. A lot of stuff has been like Get Out and Three Billboards especially have been like, "Oh, they're kind of Trump parallels," but they were written and produced maybe well, when he was nominated and stuff, think, but not think, when he was elected. Yeah, and I think that I can tell the difference between stuff that was done during the nomination. I definitely feel like either way the nomination affected stuff and that we've it's it's not it's not been prescient. Like a lot of people have been calling it like I think Movie Bob called it like the prescient release schedule for this year. And yes. I'm like, no, I I, I just like I'm ready yeah. to see next year. Like next year's yeah, exactly. gonna be crazy. Two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen, that's when you're gonna see your real Trump era, you know. Right. Movies. Especially in and not just in this, but in art in general i think that like he is going to have you know a nasty yeah impo- well not a nasty yeah. but like I, I, I well we'll get to it like I, uh, what, some whatever. of the bush era stuff though is it's rough you know and that's I mean? and it's, that's my like a fear like have you ever gone back and watched like fahrenheit uh like nine fahrenheit 911 or whatever it was, i have not like, rewatched it since it came out and i'm holy too, I bet it's rough man it is so just unwatchable in retrospect you know when you watch like revenge of the sith and they say some line like uh they say something like if you're not with us you're against us which is an old bush line you're like yeah it's like okay i get it yeah it's just like and that's one of the things is the difference when you see like you know we see modern politics infecting your art you're like sometimes you're like i would i'm like i'm not here right now you know like i i I don't know (laughs) right like like, and it might be just this weird time before it's a period piece you know it doesn't feel like it's a period piece yet for the bush era so maybe it's like 20 years now till that yeah. so like yeah 
uh, maybe that's part of it, you know, like the 70s era stuff is tons of Nixon stuff, but now we like it because, you know, we didn't live through it. So I wonder if that's part of it, too. Which is, but, I also think, kind of the, the perspective is putting uh, Trump in, in the context of Nixon, um, which is kind of, I, I think that's the true genius behind this movie. And I, I especially like the ending a little bit. Uh, it's great. You see, Spielberg goes too much <laughs> in a lot of his endings right and this one goes too much too but the last minute is really really good. that's really no tight. and you know exactly what moment i'm talking about with like nixon and like that's like that that's great and it, 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 it does like a good thing but you i agree with you it goes a little too much uh Let's start. Let's just, let's actually talk about what we think of this movie because I'm I'm still trying right. to fess out what I think you think of this well, movie because <laughs> I mean I I have a complicated relationship with this because a lot of times I think like the reflexive art that comes out of these political movements is not ever something that I really think is transcendently good and that's not to say that like you don't need art is obviously serving its purpose mm-hmm. by reflecting mm-hmm. the needs of a movement. And doing that. So I'm not saying that – so I, I have two different posts in here. Like I think the post is reflexively doing what art should be doing. At the same time, I may not enjoy it as an exercise. I think it's a very good – okay. First off, tell me what you think of the post, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> well, until I understand that a lot of these um, Spielberg, late-air Spielberg movies feel like homework to people, uh, your, your Bridge of Spies and your Lincolns, they feel like you know your, your history class movies. Um <clears throat> But I tend to really enjoy them because uh, partially I think Spielberg's done this really interesting thing where he likes to focus on a single point in somebody's life. Lincoln was just about passing the the, the 19th Amendment. Sorry, history. Right. And then uh, the Post is just about publishing the Pentagon Papers. It's not like, obviously, the Post then goes on to do Break the Watergate Scandal. But he knows that's a different movie. He's just focusing really only on like 12 hours. Most of the movie is about like just this really tight frame, whether like should we publish or not. And like I would say maybe 60% of the movie is just waiting for that decision. Right. Right. Um, And and then the other thing I'll quickly say is I just think Spielberg is just one of the most masterful directors in terms of just controlling a camera, in terms of blocking, in terms of movement. And this one, he really, he and Kaminsky, and uh, who's the his usual cinematographer, and then Michael Kahn, his usual editor, I think really brought out something they haven't done in a while. Like, there was really fast movement, really mm-hmm. deliberate visual storytelling, which I just love. Uh, not enough directors kind of just do simple visual storytelling, quite like Spielberg. So... Even though I think maybe overall I thought the film was just a little too treacly and like you said, maybe just a little bit too much like, oh, that's like this, you know, like it, it's still uh, it's still just it's, it's just so well produced. It's just like right. that, that it, Spielberg it, bow mm-hmm. is you, just, yeah. you know, you're going to get something just quality and, and that's yeah. what I appreciate about it. Yeah. Even though I might like a movie like Spotlight better, part of me kind of wants to like combine them, like where it's like right, the right. integrity of Spotlight with oh, like oh, the, the visual literacy. Yeah. Of the the can the camera literacy in this movie is just infinite, like heads and tails above Spotlight in terms oh, yeah. of like and 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 I would argue like the like the storytelling in general is heads and tails above Spotlight, but Spotlight's a better film in that it has a slow build, and this feels like a. It's oh, a Spielberg movie. Yeah. And, and, and maybe that's the other thing, too, is like Spielberg sometimes like it's in tone with Spielberg that I'm kind of like, OK, like this is and that's and that is exactly it. Treacly maybe the thing. And that's weird because like I do think I'm not separating the quality. I, I do think I as a person am separating my thoughts and feelings about this reflexive style of media from like the movie that's actually on display because it is a really well produced put together movie. I have no problem with it as a right. whole. Right. Um, and I just think that maybe it's 
like the tone and of itself that's like bothering me and i'm just like oh is this like and I, maybe it's also too like i'm like is this the next five years of movies you know like, well it's so tough because what, what we started to find out with trump is that like it things change like you know like yeah he, he always is attacking the press so that's like a fair thing to go for but like the next the next week by the time you do something it's a new scandal it's a new thing it's a new right. whatever so like right. we'll never get a shithole movie because uh, you know what i mean whatever right to. by the time you make it by the time south park even makes like a shithole comment it's too late you know yeah <laughs> like a week <laughs> turnaround you know and no, like I- that was actually like the most amazing thing is like I do think like it's we've like outstripped the immediate like he is such an immediate president that like it's outstripped a lot of our typical comedy like our, a lot of, a lot of our yeah. typical recourse to comedy and feelings like I, one on one hand it may be I think that the wave of, of on crashing media may destroy him eventually but that's not that's a, okay this is this is not the topic of this <laughs> I do, I, I do want to make I do, I do want to make the post a little bit about the movie because like here's the thing like I I, I agree yeah. with you it's really well made it's really well put together and then like it for me like at the end of it i still have this perfunctory feeling you know what i mean about it as a whole yeah, as a piece of art especially like towards the end it's just it goes exactly where you expect it to it's not it's yeah like, there's nothing there's nothing new to it and that's it and that's like trump as yeah. a villain in general and that's what i'm like i'm worried about like trump is not an interesting villain like like, you know, <laughs> like aaron sorkin said it like he's like i would not do trump like it would be so fucking boring like he, he's greedy what the fuck you want like <laughs> i can't spit gold from this wool <laughs> right that's why nixon is better they have these like awesome 70s style zooms where like they do nixon by like having a guy who's sort of way overhand acting but who's uh <laughs> who's who's playing nixon uh and they do like the zoom from like the white house lawn into nixon and i'm sure they did some kind of digital effect to like digitally put him in there and it's a nice little effect and it gives like sort of a 70s paranoia thriller spy angle to it yeah um and nixon is more fun like when you hear nixon talk you're like the man's an asshole but like he he's an intelligent <laughs> paranoid asshole like he's so much more fun as like a as like a villain like and yeah those, is, those uh, tapes are great where he's just like i don't want any fucking press in here i don't want any fucking like deal with them and they're never <laughs> and nancy will probably let him in and don't fucking let her and you're just like this guy's the worst i love him like, he's a, like you said he's more compelling of a villain honestly no it, it is the thing that i i like want to say on air that's like the best part about so Early on, you know, in in the pen and paper podcast, like I like talked about having like a king called Kafefe, which was going to be an allegory for Trump, and I started right. like trying to write a scenario to do it, and it got so boring. <laughs> 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 that's, like so much other shit started happening that I like yeah. I was like I'm gonna do this instead and this instead, and eventually I was like oh just fuck it, you know, like because <laughs> he's just a right. boring fucking villain, and it, and it's very hard to write in directions, and that's the point is that I'm a little bit worried about the perfunctory nature of like yes freedom of press is good good job and that's the thing he's like outside of the simplistic moral nature of this movie and, and the fact that it doesn't go particularly anywhere it's a really well movie that doesn't have anything to say but here's the counterpoint and this is like what sean's point that i wish he was on here to say um <laughs> damn it sean uh was that he was he saw this at tyson's corner in dc Ooh, and everybody freaked the fuck out yeah like everyone like everyone was upstanding like it was a big like it's a big thing everyone's there for the washington post it's their local paper they and everyone was just sort of freaking the like the fuck out all the time Mm -hmm. going crazy for it and and that's the thing is like maybe that's saddest this movie is in its own sense the perfectly produced piece 
that satisfies this, that is meant for this moment in time. And then in posterity, we're going to be like, what the hell's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it also is like definitely a movie made for journalists. Like I've heard so many film critics be like, oh, the part where the guy gets the line and he crosses out the byline. I, we all laughed. And I'm like, that's a fucking journalism joke if I've ever heard one. Like, right. only right. journalists are going to laugh at that. Like, that is, like, such a, like, inside baseball thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's. I think it's, the, the other thing just to quickly say about Trump is that, like, Nixon was more directly attacking the press where Trump is more verbally attacking. You know, like, right. Nixon right. brought it's, the court. It's, and it's like so Trump much more does a lot of blustering and saying I'm going to sue, but he never does. Usually his attitude is I'm going to sue, but if like people, right, you know, he's more like he's trying to like flex his alpha muscles, and then if you fight back, he's like blah, 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 and then like you know stops. So like that's sort of the thing. It's like uh, that's sort of different where it's like the press is definitely under attack, but it's in a very weird way that we don't know how to like deal with. Historically, you know what I mean? Well, in like and, a, and there's an argument to be made that it's a more effective attack than Nixon ever did. Because everyone did. This moment in history is true. true. Everyone stood up and said no, even though like a large portion of America supported Nixon and like threw bottles at like the Washington Post reporters and all this other things for doing it and called them like traitors and all those sorts of shit. Right, right. Like that's it, something it was you can't... more akin to WikiLeaks, right? Than right, the, uh... and and I think the thing is like, and I, I do wonder if like some of this stuff were like if it's like a one to one here, and like we're gonna look back on this stuff and say the same thing because I am I am very curious because I don't know I don't I I I legitimately do not know, and uh, I'm gonna be interested to see. And this is the funny thing is that this in the same way this kind of the post in general continues to turn into a discussion about the thing around it. And it's really hard for me to like put into words what I feel about this movie, because I feel like I cannot separate it from the, from like where it is in time, how quick the turnaround is. And as kind of the first blush response film to Trump. Yeah. That is what it's going to leave. It's Mark is that it's like the first major film about Trump essentially. Like, right. you know, about the Trump era. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, because, like I said, all of the other ones were made just right before. And so it's just a, a case of when you make a movie, you know. Right. Um, it takes a while to come out. And so usually you're reflecting, like, two or three years beforehand. Um, and I don't count Death Race 2050, which has a Trump <laughs> character in it. That is not the first one, even though it came out first. Just because you made it for $2 does not count. Um, but, uh... uh I think that is definitely the part that's going to be interesting. I hope it maintains just as like a a period piece later on. And I think maybe that's the part of it because I think this movie is going to make a lot of money because it's Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. Everybody's parents are going to go see it. Um, <laughs> and and I, I hope that just the, the element of it and like just it may just be become another like sort of history uh, class movie. And the Trump stuff might just kind of be forgotten uh, yeah. as it goes along. Yeah. And and it's it's interesting to me. How do what what do you think overarchingly of Meryl Streep's performance in this? I really liked it. It's it's sort of street. It's her streepiest performance in a while. That was what, yeah yeah moves, but very good. And and she she wisely underplays a lot. I think she read that um that that she read that uh, Catherine Graham wrote that at the time she felt she was too timid and she was so worried about. Uh, possibly destroying the legacy of this giant paper she was put in front of. She's the first right. woman to ever run a Fortune 500 company, right, so right. like she's like a huge figure in terms of like 
sort of accidentally being put uh, through circumstances like this major powerful figure in history. And she wrote like she was kind of meek at the time. And like most actresses, I think when they would do like particularly the line where she says, I'm going to publish. She doesn't go. Yes, let's publish because Amer- she goes like, uh, yeah, uh, yes 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 let's do it let's do it uh yes do it you know like she she underplays a lot she she really kind of picks her moments and i think it's a really good performance from her she's not given a good performance like this in a while and i think that's a nice thing about it it doesn't i I, this was where like i was worried about the treacliness of this a bit it's like depicting her as like this powerful powerful woman and like doing that i thought it was so much better in terms of putting together a performance of like not necessarily like you know the headstrong powerful woman but like a woman being realistically of the time and doing that and that's that's... And again, a good visceral industry, they always manage to like put her in a room with a bunch of dudes. Right. Like she's just in a room right. with like 80 dudes in suits and you just right. get it, you know, immediately like the world she has to deal with. Right. And she just has to keep dealing with it and it works and it works so well. And I I and Tom Hanks is like this is a very un Tom Hanks performance, but I still love it, you know. Yeah, it's more of a gruff Hanks. It's not so much the sappy dad Hanks that we're we're, we're used to, which I'm always down for. But uh, yeah, he's more of like a he's kind of a ball buster in this episode. In this yeah, one, which yeah, it's like. it's not a again, I, it's not something I'm very used to seeing him play. But uh, overarchingly, I thought it was I thought it was really good. I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good take for him specifically. And I really liked uh, Bob Odenkirk, uh, who plays sort of the, one of the head reporters who finds the the Pentagon Papers uh, source. And he has this really good scene where he realizes his source is probably the same as the New York Times source, which would make them legally liable according to the federal jurisdiction. Uh, and uh, the way he confronts that, I think, is just just excellent. So yeah, I'm always down for yeah. more Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. I I think I think overall like and that and this is like where like and this is where I want to get into scores a little bit because I want to kind of like have to us to put our flags and this <laughs> is where I do think scores are actually good because like I you know they, uh, what are you gonna what am I gonna say yeah it's great it's great you should go see it. it's a really well done masterfully put together movie and then it's not in my like top things that I suggest you should ever view do you know what I mean yeah it's not in most people's top ten this year and I think I, I get it you know because it's like. Even if you go like it's great, it's, it doesn't just feel as immediately interesting as as a lot of the other films. Revolu- yeah, revolutionary. Where I ju- I think the revolution in terms of cinema or anything that's interesting happening in cinema is coming from a different perspective, like Lady Bird or something else that's happening this year. I really need what was the movie that you that you and Trevor were oh, going on about? Yeah, I, call me by your name. I need to see that because name. it flew under my radar, and I really and I've, I've you're not the only person people that I've like heard like amazing. Well, it comes out from. Uh, wide this weekend, so, so oh, I can actually go out. see it. Oh, cool. <laughs> yes, you should. Hopefully, think. Uh, oh no, yeah. all right well uh, let's start then uh do you want to throw a score on the post sure Uh, i'll I'll go first if you want me to i'm I'm not trying to throw you under the bus i I, I knew my score um i I would probably give it like a seven if it wasn't directed by steve spielberg but i'm gonna give it an eight just because he just puts so much again that visual literacy that 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 craft that the excellent editing Oh, you, you want to talk? We've talked about like certain things that we just love in movies, and I realized I like old newspapers. Mm, those old newspaper machines, yeah. I can watch right. that all day. That's right, good and, stuff. It's, and it's such like a it's such like an old newspaper porn thing. It's just like, oh, yeah. it's like oh, I'm on my beat. I'm on my beat. I don't know what I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Newspaper terms. I don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> bylines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, just them putting little metal blocks in, and like you know, you just see it like type, and you're just like, mm, this good stuff. Um, <laughs> 
but it's not just that like there's just like genuinely really smart elegant uh shots uh, especially in the post there's just a lot of good walk and talks there's just great blocking and movement uh, this is like a movie that i was like if i was professor keating who was our film studies professor oh, yeah. i might use some of these for some basic you know like shot reverse shot stuff um but uh yeah yeah and that's and i bet you're the post is something that would totally end up in one of like his lectures <laughs> oh yeah yeah you're like why the post why not raiders he's like ah, it's great and you're like oh okay <laughs> um uh so yeah and, and it's just it's it, it does get too treacly at the end there's like a terrible push in on carrie coon reading like the uh the summary judgment from the supreme court where you're just like okay like there's always that steven spielberg moment where you're like Put it down, <laughs> simmer it. You're on high heat. Just put it in a medium or something, like just little, you know. But even like I said, the ending is very elegant. You know, you get this nice setup for Watergate, which almost makes you want to watch like all the President's Men like right away. Um, and uh, <laughs> you probably watch it like right after. Actually, that'd be a great double feature. Right, it's um, probably it's probably like right into. There's probably like the all the President's Men. Doesn't it have like an opening sequence? It opens where it kind with of... them with the guard catching them in the yeah. office. So, yeah, yeah. I think you could go straight into it. Yeah, <laughs> the the grain is going to change a shit ton. You're going to be like, why does this look so weird? But like, it'll be right into it. Um, so yeah, that's why I give it an eight. It's just it's it's just a really well made movie. It probably won't last this time. I don't think it's up there with Spielberg's best or even the best of his recent stuff. I think I think Lincoln is still probably my favorite of the of the these kind of movies he's making in his later era. Um, but it's 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 a, it's a good film. You should definitely watch, and it's enjoyable. Like it's like less than two hours. It's like a fun, exciting sometimes very funny just well-made movie you know i could think it's a crowd pleaser which is rare for these kind of movies it's, it doesn't feel like homeworks kind of what i'm going for it's it's fun yeah so what do you think i'm in the same ballpark i'm i'm, I'm 7.5 i'm like 7 or 7.5 yeah, and and i feel bad about that score <laughs> i feel like <laughs> i feel like i feel like I, I i'm exactly the same way as you like if it wasn't directed by spielberg and if i didn't know it was directed by spielberg it would probably be a lot lower because <laughs> i have this i have this emotional reaction to this movie around it and it's such a it's such like a haughty critic reaction to you know what i mean like it's such yeah. a it's such a like <laughs> well ladybird was better <laughs> and yeah then, a little bit and, and that's just and, and i and i guess like that's the thing is like sometimes like there is no objective arts criticism in a vacuum and it's just me and, and you can't and, rate everything the same you know like right and and i get that and i think that's i think one of the things is like i like this movie a lot and the big thing that like knocked it down to like a 7.5 for me was actually i recently watched bridge of spies good right? it, and it's really good and that's the, really and that's good. the thing is, i think i think the difference for me is that there's really good spielberg and this is really good spielberg but i feel like it's not like up to like his like really endearing levels of spielberg and even even like with like the camera work it's very straightforward it's a very he's turning in a really good down-to-earth quick turnaround spielberg thing but i feel like he like when you see him really put his time and effort into doing something like a bridge of spies all right it, it could have been done and like fuck he could have shit that out in like a weekend i don't know <laughs> like he kind of did and it's i feel like it could yeah I, I don't i don't fucking know but i feel like there's just a level that like bridge of spies doesn't mean anything in, in a different sort of way and like it leaves you questioning the moralistic value of what's happening in a way that i found very true, interesting true. and not like feeling like a grab for morality in today's society. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah, because yeah. it has that Coen Brothers polish, which helps a lot in 
super despised. Right, There's right. like a good dialogue in that movie where this doesn't, the dialogue is not its strong suit. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, and I think that's the thing is that like in, with that direct comparison, like I'm like, man, Bridge of Spies was good. And I did not rate it like super highly at the time. And now like I'm looking back and I was like, people need to rewatch that. It's it, better it, than I, you remember. I, it is a lot better than you remember. And, and it's definitely better on the second blush too, which is the thing I've just recently done. And I was like, wow, that was really good. Okay, so uh, that's a 7.5 and an 8. Uh, I think that rounds up to an 8 overall. So the Movie Gang Podcast gives uh, The Post a 8 out of 10. Uh, any last thoughts, Ben? Um, yeah, I'll just be curious to see how this movie does box office-wise. It's been a crazy good January for holds. Like, Greatest Showman and Jumanji have been holding, like, nobody's business, and it's crazy. No one expected that. And, yeah. Um, I, I hope it does do well, and I hope people see it I, and the other thing is i'm very curious if it's gonna win best picture i don't think it will yeah this is such I, a weird year i have no I, idea I, what would. i think there's a bit of a backlash to this sort of movie in the post kingsman world to be honest a little bit if it wins i think it'll only King, win not, because you know, uh king speech sorry jesus yeah no totally, totally. You know it, it feels about. like a very old school win um and and the movies that have won are like moonlight and spotlight and films that are well spotlight's a little more traditional but um yeah uh uh moonlight in particular is very different and right not expected and and i think after something like that winning you're like can we go back <laughs> you know and but i think the problem is you have so many you have ladybird calling by your name get out you have a lot of these kind of young people uh, and i super think that movies that could split the vote yeah and, that's what and, they want. and i think they will split the vote and it's either like it's only the power of like the other ones where this is a serious contender I do feel like this is the year for it to really go its own way in a second way. Uh, but I've always been wrong. So it's yes. okay. Like, this is going to be a weird one. I, did, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see moonlight coming. No one saw, well, obviously no one saw no. moonlight coming even when we were supposed to see it coming. Um, I, was, I was about to turn that broadcast off. Cause like, well, that's what I thought. <laughs> great. Yeah, it's over. And then, like you, you like turn it off and you're going to write an article for 30 minutes. And then like, you're like, you post it. The the day, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Somebody actually did that. I, I know, oh, did like, some, did, yeah, somebody like did it, like wrote an article about why it was, was stupid that La La Land won the, won the best Oscar. Oh. That's so. Because I'm sure he already had it written, and then he like they yeah. read the thing, and then he went and posted it immediately. Yeah, yeah, it's That's hilarious. So funny. That's really funny. <laughs> For the Movie Gang Podcast, this has been Ben Haworth. Talk to y'all later. Those are fantastic glasses. I really like those glasses. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I've been your host, Jack Newman. If you want to head on over to TuscanShed.com, you can listen to all the other podcasts, including Animania, Geek Space Nine, Live Long and Discover, and, of course, A Feast for Bros, which is not coming back anytime soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> we got to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to head on over there, you can also check out TuscanShed.com backslash support us, and you can find a myriad number of ways to keep us on the air. We would really appreciate that. Also, always go over to iTunes, throw us some reviews. We always love that. If you want to talk about what we thought, if you disagree with, you think we're idiots, that it's the best, the post is the best movie ever made, head on over to Twitter and Facebook and yell at me. I always love it. Your hate and anger feeds me. <laughs> or if it's the worst movie ever made, uh, which it's not, so fuck you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Everyone here at the Podcast, thanks for listening. You want to head on over. If you just want to hang on for just two minutes and listen to a word from our sponsors, we would really appreciate it.